This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The conversations are of a general nature and do not qualify as financial or tax advice. We recommend before you make any financial decisions, you consult a licensed professional. Individuals on the podcast may hold positions in the companies discussed. Welcome to The Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm back here with Marty and Nick. How are you going today, guys? Going well, thanks, Jason. You've just informed me with a, was it number 28, top 28 business show in Australia on podcasting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, correct, mate. We've, we've bumped up the list. I think when we started, we were kind of just snuck in at the bottom of the, the 70 top business podcasts in Australia and uh, somehow just slowly climbing our way to the top and we're 28th on the list out of 70 at the moment uh, in Australia. So you're pretty chuffed. Well, it's something to be juiced about and uh, thank you to our audience. And uh, look, we want to get into that top 10. So tell a friend, tell a friend. So feeling good. Nick Riley, how are you? Well, I'm juiced, mate, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, how else would you be? But um, no, that's good. It's good. Look, I'm glad um, I'm glad people are enjoying it because it's it's getting easier for us, mm. really. I'm just thinking back. It was quite difficult to sit down and put all that content together. But yeah, now it just rolls off the tongue. You know, we've got a real... Um, we've got a real good lens on what people want to hear. So I'm glad that the content that we are putting out there is good and people obviously voting in the right way so it's good and you're well jace mate i'm good i'm good we're hitting a rhythm we're getting it done and we're sharing some valuable content and look um off the back of the last couple of uh interview episodes too like i really think like breaking away and and just d- diving deeper into things like trevor handy nathan theos you know those worlds that we can incorporate in and learn some lessons from it's been great uh so today's reading the play though guys brought to you by walker digital wlkr.digital the team that it can help you walk the digital talk so if you need any help jump over that way and check them out but today marty you're going to lead the way on reading the play so i'm going to throw to you and uh let's dive in yeah well today i want to talk about affordability uh you know with interest rates going up and of course inflation cost of living is going up it's becoming increasingly more difficult for people to buy property and to give you some context there are people out there on you know 180 grand you know doing really well they might have a spouse couple of kids and they're struggling to buy for you know 1.11 million dollars right because of uh, costs going up so high so it's interesting and and what's come out of that and and I was, I was i was thinking about this myself i go it almost seems ridiculous that someone that got a fixed rate let's say at 1.89 you know maybe a year ago might be starting to come off those fixed rates in the next six months and go to a much higher variable rate and they can't refinance to a better rate again because affordability is is as such that you just can't now refinance something you were approved upon you know one or two or three years ago so it just didn't strike me that there was an integrity in that you should always be able to look for a better deal in the market to to have a better circumstance uh, and the fact you are covering it at that higher rate anyway why would you why would you jeopardize someone from getting a better opportunity so so i just read an article the other day that the uk uh is looking to scrap mortgage buffers and that's like that's just a high 
ticket headline. Uh, they're going to reduce it. I don't think they're going to scrap it. But to give you an example, so if rates go up to, like, let's say, 4.5%, the banks will put a buffer of 3, 3% on top of that on how they service your ability to lend. Um, now, that could make things very, very challenging and almost unrealistic in some circumstances. So now there's still going to be an understanding that living costs are going up. So that has to be catered for in the way a loan's being serviced. But now there's discussion around bringing those buffers down from 3% to 1% to still allow people access to be able to fund successfully in the market, given where the market's at. And I just think this is, um, you know, this is this is a really good idea. I, I feel like we need to have flexibility in our banking system and our lending system to enable people to still purchase at, at reasonable prices, um, and also have the option to get into better products and services and interest rates as well. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my the general thought process around it. Uh, thoughts around that, gentlemen? I can actually see it happening here. I think it's a matter of when and not if. And, you know, the regulators have done this in the past when they need to um, boost the, the property market or get things moving again. One quick way to do that is to open up lending and the way they do that is to reduce the, the buffer. So, you know, if someone is paying or was paying 2%, uh, let's go back 12 months ago or eight months ago, people were paying 2%, there was a 3% buffer, so they would need to demonstrate to the to the lender that they could they could service the or service the debt at five percent. So when those rates peak at four and a half, five percent, which they're tipped to do, people are going to need to demonstrate that they can service a loan at seven and a half or eight percent, depending on their rate. And the challenge that's happening at the moment is anyone that was pre-approved. So if you've got a pre-approval in place to purchase for say eight hundred thousand or a million dollars, if that pre-approval expires and you which, which which they do in three months. And let's say you got that pre-approval uh, when the rates, when your interest rate was three. So you're approved for a certain amount based on an interest rate of three, which is means you've got a buffer in there pushing you up to six. Now, if you don't transact on that pre-approval within that time period, you then have to get reassessed. So yeah, again, that's creating a bit of a frenzy where people are trying to make sure they transact on these pre-approvals before they expire. So you know, the one thing that the bank will, the banks will need to do, and not the banks, but the regulators will need to do, is at some stage make that easier for people to get into the market, because the risk is not really there anymore. Like the risk is there when the interest rate is two percent, you've got to have a three percent buffer because that is just not normal. Mm. But if we get to rates of four and a half, five percent, you then don't need a buffer uh, for three percent, given we've been through such an aggressive cycle of increasing rates. You would think that they, the regulators would be happy that, okay, if rates go anywhere from here, it's probably going to be down. So we don't need that 3% buffer. You know, 2% might be okay. That increases people's borrowing capacity. Market kicks off again and people get into homes. So it's a really good topic to talk about, Marty. So you, your opinion, guys, is that 3 3% is too much? And yes. do you think that there's some risk element in, in bringing it back to 2 Like. I mean, obviously, there's there's risk in everything that we do, and and but from a bank perspective, you know, they were two percent some time ago, and they tested people with plus three percent, so they've been tested on five percent. There's a fair chance that we're going to get to five percent potentially, maybe, like a, whether you guys agree or disagree at that. I think APRA APRA are going to review it based on what the UK is doing. 
And look, ultimately, mm. they're still taking into account the increased living cost, right? So that's more in real time. Like it used to work off a HEM system, which is basically just a ratio system. If you had two kids and you know two adults, it would be something like four thousand four hundred a month, right, to live. So it'll 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 be based on actually more realistic uh, living costs, and then APRA are actually looking at regulating that three percent buffer back down to two percent. So I think I think to me that feels mm. that feels fair. I mean in June we had twelve point seven billion worth of refinances uh hitting the market here in Australia. Like that that's that's monstrous. So it shows there's definitely demand mm. in people that can't be oh that must be uh worth a loan, sorry. Um so there's definitely demand yeah. in people wanting to Relook at what they're doing, and like Nick said, it, it basically means that if someone's out there in the market with an approval in principle, we know every time it go the rate goes up 0.5, you strip out an extra 50 grand of borrowings depending on your circumstances. But again, if we can if we can give people back, you know, 75 grand um, in their borrowing capacity, it actually makes a difference all round. So there's just got to be a bit bit of realistic thinking here, and I think it's. The the right time to bring it up and we we don't want to starve the market you know property is our biggest our, our biggest asset our biggest investment in australia and we don't want to starve the market of opportunity and people being able to transact successfully and get into property and also make sure that they're getting better dealings on on current debt as well so i think that's uh i think it's a we're heading in the right direction and in the uk as of the first of i think it's the first of August, I think it was, yeah, Monday the 1st of August, uh, the Bank of England have made a decision to withdraw, they've actually made a decision to withdraw the buffer test in full, but being more realistic on living wow. costs. So so it just goes yeah. to show you people want activity to still occur. And the other thing you have to recognise is unemployment's at all-time lows, like there's a staff shortage. And wages are going up because, you know, you have to secure good talent. So there's still the capability of upside there is huge and there's not a lot of people out of work. So you go, it's a pretty healthy, strong market, um, yeah, even with inflation doing what it's doing. So, so again, you've, you've got to have parameters that back that up and support people to have access to funding ultimately. So, In response to your question around is there a risk, Jace, obviously they do a lot of work on making sure that's the right decision but if as i said if we get to the end of an aggressive cycle of increasing rates um the rba is comfortable that um the rba is comfortable that inflation has peaked really you've got two things that are going to happen from there people's cost of living is going to decrease and they don't see the rates moving any higher if anything the next move to, depending on who you listen to but a lot of economists are, are tipping the rates to go backwards as of the end of next year so they'll have comfort that a 2% buffer will be fine because we've yep. been through this rate cycle and look where we are, we're at 45 5 whereas at 2% interest rates, there was always a risk that it's not going to be there long. So that's why those 3% buffers were uh, were introduced. So to me, it's logical and I think it's just a matter of when, not if. I feel like the, uh, the industry has always kind of had a way of continuing to, I think we touched on it previously, reinvent things and produce new products and change the way uh, that borrowing's done to continue to allow homes to be bought and families to afford to buy homes in a, in a market where homes are forever raising, rising in prices. So, you know, we touched on the 
20-year, 30-year, 40-year home loans and now, you know, looking to make a change to the buffer to ensure people can keep borrowing. So yeah. it's smart. I mean, it's, yeah. it's what needs to happen. And not forgetting, like, with property, like I said, there's going to be 40 million, you know, 40 million population in Australia in 2050. It's been earmarked. So you go, property's the greatest staple in Australia. And, and we saw, you know, I think it was Macquarie speak about it, didn't we, at the conference, Nick, a couple of weeks back, um, that they are investing $25 billion into property and that's looking to go up to about $125 billion. So that's how confident they are in in Australia's property market and also the international property market as well. So you, you look at that and you go, like, when major institutions like that have got are really bullish, you go you can't go too wrong. So to stop someone buying because of fifty thousand and affordability rate uh, with employment at twenty year lows, uh, unemployment at twenty year lows, it just doesn't seem quite realistic. So I think we're we're coming to a better place. And and again, we remind our audience that uh, you know a five percent interest rate is not uh, is not terrible. You know, it's actually quite good if you go back to 2008 uh, you'd be quite happy with that type of rate so it's just getting comfortable with the new norm but property is always going to do what property does talking about affordability buffers but marty you also mentioned the cost of living assessment now we know cpi and inflation is going crazy what what is happening with the banks at the moment and how are they actually assessing and looking at cost of living like is it a blanket rule like you said how many kids a family has or is how are they looking at cost of living and is it different for everybody in all different banks yeah no it, it's two it's a two-way street so they'll still have ratios they'll look at in regards to let's say a single applicant or a couple with a couple of kids um, so they'll, they'll have ratios they look at but it's also suburb based uh, you know so it's demographic comes into that as well so it might be a lower cost base if you're leaving regional compared to Melbourne metropolitan but then they'll also look at what your actual spending is over the last three months as well going through your statements now not all lenders will do that there are some lenders that don't require uh, the three-month statements but there's a lot of lenders that will have a look at that and just make sure it's in alignment with those ratios to do the due diligence as well so but yeah it's it's been a moving target over the last three months as inflation's gone up so we have to keep constantly keep our eye on that and work out which lenders are actually more favorable in some circumstances to others depending on the individual situation as well so so again what the one great thing about the industry we're in with uh with broking is if things don't fit a certain criteria of one lender there might be an appetite elsewhere with another lender that uh, and I've done the modelling on that, and that could be sometimes that could be seventy five, eighty thousand difference on you know two people on eighty five thousand dollars a year on income. So so it's really just looking at the individual circumstances and making sure the client's best positioned for their circumstances when we go and research the various lenders. So That's episode 63 in the numbers game, talking all things affordability buffers when it comes to getting a loan. And I really thank you for sharing, Marty. As I said, I'm uh, interested in getting a loan myself and uh, interested in your key takeaways, Nick. Uh, for me, it just tells me that property is still going to be strong and going to be okay and you know we haven't seen that assessment rate or that buffer come down yet in a, in Australia but we're just talking about the fact that it probably will so I think there's a real small window of opportunity in the next six to 12 months 
for anyone who is trying to get into the market or has been trying to get into the market in the last four or five years, there could be a real buying opportunity in the next next six to 12 months. But beyond that, it'll it'll continue to do what it's always done and that will go up. And when I say buying opportunity, we, we, we're seeing 10% in some areas already. There might be another 5 or 10%, which is okay, given what the property market's done in the last two years. Mm. So you know, I'd encourage people to get into the market if they can, um, because I think once once we go through this interest rate increase cycle, there'll be ways, to, they'll, they'll be looking for ways to push that market forward again. Um, so get in, long-term investment, um, yeah, don't 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 be trying to pick the market too much. Just just get in if you can get into a good deal. It's a great point, Nick. And Marty? like you know, you you can buy fifteen percent lower than what you could six months ago. So you go, it's not a bad time to start looking at buying, right? So a little bit of a discount there, and it's good to see that the affordability and the parameters around affordability is, is there's some flexibility being you know starting to be talked about and hopefully created within the next couple of months because we still need to transact to buy those types of properties, and we still need to transact to find better rates on existing debt as well to put people in greater positions in the current reality. You know, not from what it was a year ago or two years ago, but in the current reality. Uh, Jace, what did you take away out of today? Well, guys, I think you're going to love this one, but I reckon I've had between 50 and 100 clients come through from Future Advisory, head Innovate's way to have a look at their mortgages and their home loans. And I think, you know, at this point in time, anyone who's interested, anyone who thinks they want to get in the market, anyone who needs tips and tricks and, and needs to know in advance what they need to do to get in the market, they've got to get in and sit down and have a conversation with a, a skilled broker and, and someone like the team at Innovate. Um, I know I'm overdue to, to sit down and have a chat with someone Case and I will we'll get our act together and book in. Um, but I think it's a really timely reminder that, you know, if you want to be in the market long term, there's opportunities there. And you guys have shared some really wonderful tips on, on how to get in the market. And I look forward to sharing that with our audience and exploring that more. But yeah, my, my key takeaway is get in and chat to you guys. I, I love what you guys are about and how you've shared that information. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, share with your friends and family. Let them all know what we're about. We're climbing that list from 70 to 28 up to the top 10 next. And until next time, game over. Game over.